0: Here's something I heard on the news recently. It said COVID-19 is being used by right wing extremists and religious groups to try to get people to uh, to be persuaded by their beliefs. Now, what do you think that quote tells you? It tells you that religious It's not seen as a good thing. A religious group is lumped together with right wing extremists. These are the sort of people we don't want persuading others to agree with them. That's what it says. It says we're in a society where being religious means being suspect. And I would add, particularly when that religion is Christianity. Those of you who go to school, at least in normal times, go to school. I I expect if you said you believe certain things that the Bible says, or if you said that Jesus is the only way to God, that would be unpopular. That would be regarded as unreasonable. That might even be thought immoral, quite wrong there is increasing pressure in our society to keep quiet about Jesus, to, to not follow all of his teachings, to put society's values above his values. In other words, there's increasing pressure to deny Jesus. And that means the story we heard about Peter, the apostle, is very relevant to us. Let's turn to it again. Luke chapter 22, verses 54 to 62. Luke chapter 22, starting at verse 54. We're going to actually start earlier than that. Back at the beginning of Luke's gospel, we find that Peter had been called by Jesus. He had been a fisherman. But Jesus had turned up after one of Peter's days fishing and called to Peter to leave his fishing and to follow him. Have you been called by Jesus? Have you had that call of the gospel that says to you, leave your things, turn from your sins and follow Jesus? Well Peter responded to that call. He did follow Jesus. He recognised who Jesus was and he was rather quicker than some of the other disciples to openly publicly acknowledge who jesus was he saw who jesus was and he grew to love him now i wonder if there i've described you also have you responded to jesus call and turned and followed jesus have you openly in front of others acknowledged who jesus is and have you grown to love this jesus And yet, here in Luke 22, we find Peter three times denying Jesus. We find when a a servant girl speaks to him, when some other people speak to him, three times he says, no, I have nothing to do with this Jesus, I don't even know him. How could he end up denying Christ? How could you end up denying Christ? Even if you've been called by him, you've recognised who he is, and you've even grown to love him. How could you end up denying him? Well, this morning I want to show you how. You might say, that sounds a grim subject. Yes, it is. But the Bible is full of warnings and we need to hear them. To guard us against denying Jesus. So... How to end up denying Christ? Here's the first way. Be self-confident. Let's look back at verse 31. Verse 31. Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Wow, what self-confidence. He doesn't say, Lord, you are worth going to prison and death for. That would be true. And he does mean that, but it's not what he says. He says, I'm ready to. I'm strong enough to. I would go to prison and death for you. What self-confidence. Matthew's gospel tells us even more. It tells us that Peter said, Even if everyone else turns from you, Jesus, I won't. And Jesus said, actually, you will tonight. Peter said, no, I won't. Never. What self-confidence. And it's disastrous. When we hear it, alarm bells should be ringing in our ears for at least two reasons. One is that God humbles the proud. The Bible repeatedly, consistently tells us God humbles the proud. He has ways of bringing us down when we're proud. He has ways of showing us up when we're self-confident. And here's a second reason that it should ring alarm bells. Such self-confidence leads to prayerlessness. And without prayer, well, we're like a fish without water. Let's have a look at verse 39. Would you have a look at verse 39 of Luke 22? Jesus went out, as usual, to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him on reaching the place. He said to them, pray that you will not pray that you will not fall into temptation. Then verse 45, when he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Peter's self-confident, though. He doesn't need to pray, so he thinks. He doesn't need to plead for God's help. That's for weak people. But he's strong, strong enough to cope, so he thinks. Now, you might think I'm being a bit harsh on Peter here because it says he's just sleepy. Okay, okay, but... Children, have you ever been woken up by a noise in the night? Maybe it's really late. So late your parents are in bed and the house has all been still, but you've been woken up by a noise. A door is slammed shut downstairs. Is someone in the house downstairs? Do you just sleepily roll over in your bed? No, I bet you're sitting up and you're awake and you're alert and maybe your heart is pounding. Is, is there a burglar in the house? Danger wakes you up. And Peter should be alert, because Jesus has said he's in danger, danger from Satan himself. But he's not alert, he's sleepy and prayerless, because he's self-confident. Now there are so many things that can grow in us, the cancer of self-confidence. Maybe you're a clever person. It's a church stacked with clever people. Maybe you're successful at school and at work. And maybe you think because you're successful or clever, the things that have helped you in your daily life, they'll make sure you succeed in the Christian life. You won't fall. Maybe you've got a good understanding of the Bible. You've seen other people and they've really fallen for bad sin or maybe turned away from Jesus. But you think, They can't have had the good understanding of the Bible I've got. I'll be all right. Maybe you've got years of service in the church. You've come so far. You've done so much. You've kept going for so long. Older Christians particularly beware of self-confidence. Such self-confidence will endanger you. Because it distances you from God as you don't feel you really need him. And it causes prayerlessness. Oh, yes, you probably still say your prayers, but saying your prayers can go with prayerlessness. Because you're not really pleading with God. God, I need you. I cannot cope without you. This is going to sound like a change of subject, but it's not. Why would you let someone stick a knife deep inside you? Why would you turn up to a building every month over half a year to have someone pump poison into you? What good reason would there be to voluntarily do that? I can think of one reason. Cancer. You want the cancer cut out. You want the cancer poisoned by the chemotherapy before it poisons you. Well, like cancer... God may have to deal with our self-confidence like he did with Peter, by some drastic surgery, by some nasty chemotherapy. In other words, something that painfully shows up our self-confidence. So fight the cancer of self-confidence before it gets to that stage. Remind yourself of your weakness and your need of God. Remind yourself the abilities... That are, they're gifts to thank God for, but they are not the things that make you healthy and safe in the Christian life. Remind yourself of the foolishness and danger of self-confidence. Fight it because it can lead to denying Christ. How to end up denying Christ here's a second way: follow Jesus at a distance Jesus has been arrested his enemies have got hold of him they've taken him off where is Peter well let's read verse 54 verse 54 then seizing him that is Jesus they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest Peter followed at a distance Peter's following Jesus, but at a distance. The word is for far off. He's following him, but he's not just 10 yards away. He's far off. And far off is a dangerous place to be. This word followed here is a significant word because Peter is a disciple. Now, do you know what a disciple is? A disciple is a follower. A disciple of Jesus is a follower of Jesus. It's just the same word. And here is Peter trying to be a bit of a disciple. Well, yes, he hasn't abandoned Jesus. He's not turned his back on Jesus. He's following, but at a distance. He's going to be a disciple without the risk, the cost, the close devotion. But it didn't work. It led to denying Christ. And I think that later in life, Peter learned that lesson. And I think we can see that because later in life, Peter wrote a letter, a letter we have in the Bible, and we call one Peter. He wrote it to people who were under pressure to deny Jesus. They weren't being thrown in prison and fed to lions, but they were under social pressure. Keep your Christianity private. Fit in more with society. Ignore the more inconvenient teachings of Jesus. If you don't really trim your Christianity to suit society, there's certain jobs that you won't be able to do, and you'll be worse off. That's rather like us and the way the UK is going. And to such people, Peter wrote this letter, including this verse, 1 Peter 2, verse 21. To people who whose Christianity was causing a bit of suffering, he wrote verse 21 to this you were called because christ suffered for you leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps that's a really significant verse to come from peter notice it says like with peter this all begins by being called to follow jesus it says the one you're called to follow is the one who laid down his life for you in the bible when it says jesus laid down his life for you That's the language of he loved you, he knew you, and he stood in your place to pay for your sins. And so it says, follow him. But did you notice how it says we're to follow him? Follow in his steps. Children, I wonder if you've ever tried walking in someone else's footsteps. Maybe in the winter there's a snowy patch of ground with footsteps. Or maybe in the summer, there's a there's a field of tall grass and you try to follow someone else's footsteps. Now, you don't three days later go and walk vaguely in that direction, do you? No, you have to follow closely and carefully. You have to put your feet in their footsteps. You have to watch closely and carefully and go exactly where that person went. Peter says... That's what we must do with Jesus. If you are going to avoid denying him, follow in his steps, not at a distance. So, are you following Jesus closely? Is he Precious to you. It's interesting in that letter of Peter to these Christians under pressure, right back at the start, he says, Jesus is precious to us. If he's not precious to us, well, all the practical instruction of that letter is going to be no good. Are you diligent at trying to get to know him better? Are you trying to follow his example closely right in his footsteps? Children, what does the name Daniel mean to you? Who do you think of? There's quite a few Daniels at Hollywell, But uh, who's the Daniel in the Bible? How would you finish this phrase, Daniel in the? You know it, I'm sure, don't you? Daniel in the lion's den. How did he get to be in the lion's den? Oh, he stuck with God even when the king said it would get him thrown in the lion's den. How did Daniel end up so strong? That he would stick with God under that pressure. Oh, because it was his normal practice to seek God every day. He did it before the pressure came and he did it when he was under pressure too. You cannot expect to stick with Jesus when under pressure to deny him. If you're not enthusiastic about Jesus and keeping close to him when you're not under that pressure. Once someone, not a Hollywell, but someone uh, said to me, I like coming to church, but I don't want to be too serious about it. I don't want to be one of those really keen people. I thought, well, at least you're open and honest telling me that. That's <laughs> a bit crazy, though. Uh, if for you, Jesus is an interest on the side, if Jesus is someone for when you've got spare time or maybe in lockdowns some, some of you have got more time. So maybe you've got more time for Jesus. But when life gets busier, well, he'll get shelved. He's well off the top of your priorities. If that is you, then Richard Dawkins is more sensible than you. Do you know who Richard Dawkins is? He's that ranting atheist. I bought a copy, actually, of his famous book, The Blind Watchmaker. So far, I've only read the preface and the introduction, and already he's ranting against Christianity. He rants like mad. But he's more sensible than you if you're half-hearted about Jesus. Because Jesus is the Son of God who came to this earth and who suffered on a cross and who gave up his life for his enemies and who paid for our sin and he rose victorious over death and now he rules the universe. That's either a pack of lies and Dawkins' right to rant or it's the truth and it must grip your life. There is no room for half-heartedness. Follow Jesus closely or you're on the road to denying him how to deny Christ here's the third way surround yourself with the enemies of Jesus now Jesus has been led off he's been taken to a trial in the high priest's house outside it's dark and cold they've built a fire They sit around it and have a chat. Peter warms himself at the fire with them. But who are they and who are them? Well, I've just been describing to you verse 55. But of course, the they is told us in verse 54. So let's read both verses. Verse 54. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest Peter followed at a distance. But when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. Peter here is with the enemies of Jesus. He's in a dangerous situation. He's a disciple on his own, surrounded by enemies of Jesus. And that is dangerous because we're not strong enough on our own. And that is especially dangerous for someone who thinks he is strong enough on his own. You know, the Bible has plenty to say about both the dangers of bad company and the need to spend time with other Christians, being strengthened by them. The Bible has a lot to say about both. The dangers of mixing with bad company... And the need to be strengthened by other Christians. Spend time with them. I'll give you a classic, totally unoriginal example. Last weekend, VE Day celebrations. Apparently on VE Day, people had bonfires on the street. So we had a bonfire in our back garden. And it being such a hot, dry day, the wood was very dry. The bonfire flared up so quickly. It was a good blazing fire. And we had fun poking sticks into the fire. And if you poked a stick into the fire, within seconds it was burning in the heat of the fire. And then you took your stick out to have a look at it, and within seconds it had gone out. And that's like us. We are so shaped by what's around us and by who's around us. We catch other people's fire and we catch other people's coldness. So are you in a dangerous situation like Peter, being shaped more by unbelievers than by believers? And do remember, unbelievers are enemies of Jesus, however nice they might seem, however respectable they might seem. There are no neutrals in the world of Jesus. Someone who isn't bowing to him has attitudes that are totally opposed to him and a heart that is far from him. Now, I know we need wisdom here because we're not to withdraw completely from the world. As the children heard uh, earlier in this service, we are to be the light of the world. And we could have seen how Jesus says you must let that light shine. So I, years back, used to cycle with a group of men because, well, partly because I enjoy cycling and partly because I wanted to be a witness to them. But after a while I wondered if their foul conversation, and I was the only Christian there, if their foul conversation was influencing me more than I was influencing them. And I had to think hard about whether to stay or go. That can require wisdom to work out. There are some difficult issues there. But whatever you do, make sure you are not surrounding yourself with enemies of Jesus and spending little time with the people of God. Like Peter, that's a dangerous situation and a recipe for ending up denying Christ. Well, it's been a warning sort of sermon because the Bible actually is a warning sort of book. There are a lot of warnings, but it's also a book of good news. And we need to end on that because some of you are probably listening from a different perspective. Aware that you have denied Jesus. Maybe you've kept quiet about him in in certain circles with certain people. Maybe you've said, oh no, of course I don't believe that, when one of the more inconvenient teachings of Jesus has come up. Maybe you've even pretended not to be a Christian when you're with certain people. What does the Bible say to you? Well, it says you should be grieved that you've done that. Let's look forward to verse 62. Luke 22, verse 62. Well, I'll read verse 61. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the cock crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. The word used there is the word for grieving when someone's died. Peter is cut up inside. He feels dreadful about what he's done and what it says about him. And so he should. Jesus made the sun and the oceans and the birds and you. How can you be ashamed of him? Jesus loved the leper and the rich swindler and the social outcast. And he laid down his life for people who were far from God. And he has a kingdom that has been growing for the past 2000 years and is now all around the world. And Jesus is the one everyone you meet needs. How can you keep quiet about him? That's reason To weep bitterly. But don't stop there. Judas wept bitterly and then despaired. Peter wept bitterly and his faith did not fail. He trusted the Lord Jesus to forgive him. He could. He could because Jesus died on the cross for sinners and Peter would later write in his letter, Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He even bore our own sins in his own body on the tree. And so Peter was forgiven and he was restored into right relationship with Jesus, enjoying him again and giving the, given the privilege of honouring Jesus, even turning other people to Jesus. And you can have that too. Whatever your sin, denying Jesus, ignoring Jesus, disobeying Jesus, even despising Jesus, whatever it is, you can have that too. Like Peter, you can be forgiven and loved and welcomed and even used by god so turn and ask and trust and receive we're going to sing now it's quite an unusual hymn this one it's quite an old one some of the words are quite old-fashioned and some of the uh, sentences might require a bit of thinking about but it is well worth singing this thoughtfully so let's sing